Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. A few years ago, Julie and I deep-dived into areas that our coaching students were neglecting the most. And what we learned as a result was that they're all the answers that we were expecting. In other words, we knew you guys were not doing a great job of lead follow-up. We knew we had to get better at teaching you to be uh, more efficient lead follow-up agents, and that's the reason that we sort of coined the idea of furiously fast lead follow-up. So that would be the first thing that we discovered when we researched this. And the second thing we discovered, and this shouldn't be a big surprise to anyone, is the um, other area of um, easily improved cash flow from a source is your centers of influence and past clients. And that really is truly one of the biggest gold mines that you guys are letting get by you because you don't have um, – honestly, it's because so many of you overcomplicate it when you're trying to figure out how to communicate with your centers of influence past clients. Centers of influence and past clients – um, are and always will be the cornerstone or the main spoke that all of you guys should have on your wheel as far as lead generation. Um, every single top producing agent will tell you that after they've been in the business for, it's not usually too long, five, maybe seven years, that a, a high double-digit percentage of all their business comes from their standards of influence and past clients. But it doesn't just come automatically. You actually have, it, have to have a system in place, and then you actually have to follow up and do it. So, again, just to make it so that you're super clear about this, if you've been in the business for five or seven years and you're not making or you're not getting at least 30 to 40 percent of all your business from your centers of influence and past clients, um, you are missing the boat in a big way. And as you know, the best thing about center of influence and past client referrals is generally speaking, you aren't competing for them. Now, before we get to our points, I want to share with you guys a true story. Um, so as you know, Julie and I, sold real estate. We sold real estate for almost 10 years, and we uh, typically sold between 100 and 200 homes per year. I did not know um, the importance of centers of influence and past clients until we were in the business about three years. And um, I'd, of course, been exposed to the idea. This is back when Julie and I were in our 20s, 20 years ago. And I didn't expose the idea. I understood the concept. But really, we are so focused on new business. We are brand new in real estate, new background in real estate. We're you know, doing everything possible to generate listing leads. Um, and the centers of influence and past client list got neglected. So um, we started then following up on them. We started calling them. We started really drilling down and trying to improve. We just did a couple things, um, and we made the mistake that most agents do. We started mailing them a bunch of stuff and doing all these other types of things. And um, we quickly realized that, first of all, really the only thing the centers of influence and past clients really expect from you um, is some sort of regular communication. We're going to tell you about how to build your system on this call. But what we learned was after only 12 months of being really diligent about centers of influence and past clients, just doing very basic levels of communication with them, we literally started generating referrals on a regular basis to the total of about 30 to 40% of all of our business came from just that, those, two, those two buckets, people that knew us, people that maybe never have done a deal with us but knew us, and, of course, our past clients. Now, that was, of course, you know, not a revelation necessarily, but it was a relief because I knew and Julie knew at that point that if we even 
took our centers of influence and past clients' communication to the next level, we could actually increase the percent of business we were getting from those sources. And you know what? We did, and that is exactly what happened. And what we're going to share with you today is the system that we created. Now, I want you to have an open mind to the system we're about to tell you because you're going to find that, like most things, it's very practical, simple to follow. It doesn't cost you hardly any money. Um, a lot of you guys are in these centers of influence and past client coaching programs or have been exposed to these before, um, where they're asking you to drop off pumpkin pies and they're asking you to do all these sort of you know, gimmicky things, the novelty of those types of programs wore off about 10 years ago. Because what happened was is that when it, you know, those concepts first start, and I remember Julie and I were selling real estate. All of a sudden we started seeing all these realtors. Now this was back in the 90s. They were running around with buy referral only on their business cards. That was like a trend. Um, and they figured that, well, that'll, you know, what will happen as a result is I'll start getting more referral business. That'll make me seem more elite. But then all of a sudden, you know, three or four agents said buy referral on their cards. And it turned out that come October when they were November, when the pumpkin pies were being dropped off, the seller was having three or four agents dropped off or the, you know, that person was having three or four different agents who were all participating in that program that were all getting the same tchotchkes dropped off at their doorstep. So what happened is it reached a point of oversaturation and then it stopped working. And that happens with most great marketing ideas. Some of these marketing ideas that come up, come out are really, really creative and very effective. Facebook ads came out about a year ago, and everyone's ranting and raving about Facebook ads. Well, depending on your market, Facebook ads where you're offering um, sellers in your list, you know, own, homeowners in your list, a uh, free CMA, those might work great. But in other parts of the country, it's oversaturated. Too many people are doing it. Well, the same thing happens with most of these sort of old-school centers of influence and past client systems. When you drop off the April forget-me-not seeds, don't be surprised when you knock on the door and you see the seller also has three or four other packages of forget-me-not seeds from other agents. Why? Because those homeowners are not just in your center of influence past clients list. They're in other agents' centers of influence and past clients list too. The first agent that dropped them off, well, maybe they were it was a great idea and they received a warm reception. The second or third agent, then obviously it's looking as a gimmick and the exact opposite of what you're hoping to have happen from courting those folks and hoping to become clients happens because now they're seeing you as just somebody who's not really doing anything novel at all. Matter of fact, you're just basically putting them into some sort of little tchotchke program. So conceptually, I'm sure you guys understand, but at the same time, I want you to understand that centers of influence and past clients are one of the core spokes on your lead generation wheel, on your income produce, uh, producing wheel, um, and your centers of influence and past clients are often going to be, frankly, the way that many of you are going to build wealth because they're almost passive in terms of how you go, the business that they'll send you, email, voicemail, the type of business that all of us love, that only comes from centers of influence and past clients. So Julie prepared eight points, um, and we're going to blaze through as many of these as we can on the call today. And again, all of our points, like everything we do with our coaching program, very practical, easy to understand, easy to follow. So you do have to take some notes, pay attention. And the goal of today's radio show is quite simple. If you're not working your centers of influence and past clients, we're going to tell you how. Um, if you are working your centers of influence and past clients, but you're not getting the results that you hope to, we're going to hopefully show you why. And then you will, in the next 12 months, provide you follow this plan you'll start getting business and you'll start creating almost passive income from centers of influence and past clients as well. So Julie, let's just jump right in. 
You got it. So as always, and we'll call this, since I didn't label it point number one, point number zero, mindset check. Why is this so important? And Tim, you just touched on a lot of this. If you had to choose, this is your little mindset check, right? If you had to choose your next three deals, what category of business or what spoke they came from, what would be your number one choice? Wouldn't you want to work with people who already know, love, and trust you and are less likely to, say, ask you to chip in your commission, less likely to ask you to compete for the business, easier to work with, more coachable, that sort of thing. Of course, 99% of you would say that, if not 100% of you. So if you want more, quote, easy deals, which I know all of you do, then get serious about your center of influence and past clients. That is one of the most important hallmark foundational spokes for every agent to be building. And even if you're a new agent, you don't really have a past client list, you still have a list of friends and family in your neighborhood. You can still build your list. It might be a little bit smaller than somebody else in your office, but that's, that's fine. It's almost good because it's easier to work, and you can start out doing it right if you're on the newer end of the spectrum or returning to the business, as some of you are. So let's jump in. I always like to start with the mindset point, Tim. And let's jump into the point uh, number one, official point number one, actually have a list. So, I mean, Tim, how many times have you been on a coaching call and asked that question, if we're being honest, they don't actually have a list? Well, they have they have a list, but it's just, you know, in 14 places, right? It's on their cell right. phone. It's on their old cell phone. It's on their old top producer account. It's on their new CRM. It's in written on pieces of paper. So you guys usually have lists, but they're not a list. And that's the first thing that all of you have to do. So, Julie, what is the easiest way for these guys to get all their data in one place? Yeah, well, so that kind of leads to point number two, which is decide on a CRM. Now, do they have to spend money on a fancy, expensive CRM, Tim, or can they just use something like uh, Outlook or the top producer they've probably been paying for for the past 16 years? Well, of course, you can use whatever CRM you want, but the one that we just suggest be dedicated as, to one, but yes. Right. If, if, you're dedicated, if you're already invested in one financially in your time, then continue to use it, but the bottom line is use it correctly. What we want you to uh, – there's another product out there. We don't have a business relationship with these guys, but I hear a lot of great things about them. It's a company called Contactually. Um, for a whole bunch of reasons that you guys could explore on your own, that seems to be a very simple, effective, uh, very uh, affordable uh, CRM. But as long if we're just talking about strictly from a CRM perspective, you get – a lot of times you'll have a CRM that's built into – your existing, for example, uh, DocuSign now has a CRM that basically is kind of free when you're a DocuSign customer. But as far as Contactually goes, the, um, you know, Contactually is a CRM in the very traditional sense, where it's a place where you organize your centers of influence and past clients, but it's not a deal, it's not a transactional management program, like maybe a top producer, I think, would be considered more of something like that. Um, so Contactually has a lot of, like I said, functionality that you need to definitely look into that's very novel, ties in with social networking, things like that. Um, so if, if you don't have a dedicated CRM, consider uh, Contactually. If you're on a budget, uh, you could literally just use Outlook. You can use um, maybe like a Google Doc. You could do something like that. The, the key is, is you've got to get it organized. Now the secondary problem you're going to have when you're going through this process is that, well, you only have partial information. So you only have an email or you have the phone number. Most times you'll have a phone number and a name but no email. There's a service called Spokio.com that you should look into um, that will hopefully fill in some of the gaps in your data and you know go from there. Now, 
again, knowing that most of you have names and phone numbers but not emails, you will need emails following our plan. Um, another surefire way to get through email is to, and we're going to get to it in a second, but is to call them and offer to send them something of value, a CMA, for example. Um, in exchange, they'll obviously have to give you their email address, and then you can build the gaps in your, fill the gaps in your database that way as well. Go ahead, Jules. Perfect. So I think the real point with all of this is decide on a CRM and stick to it. You do not have to spend oodles of money. And some of the, the reason I bring that up, Tim, is because some of them use that as an excuse. Well, I've yep. been waiting to invest in a CRM, and that's why you haven't been doing anything. So we're removing that excuse. If that means that you stick with something inexpensive but functional and you understand how to use it, great. Where you're going to use Spokio to fill in the gaps. And you can just dedicate yourself to using one system. No more you know, sticky notes and using your, your iPhone for some of your contacts. And let's get away from that and commit to one particular system. So the reason that that's so important is in order for you to do anything else with this, you have to have a dedicated list in one system because the next point is Happy Grasshopper, which is one of my favorite companies because they're so inexpensive and very effective happygrasshopper.com. I didn't name it. I don't know what the deal is with the insect names lately, but happy Oh, you remember. But but you remember that's what they, that's the reason they use that name because everyone and it's kind of silly, but it definitely is memorable. But Julie, tell me how Happy Grass Tell me how Happy Grasshopper works. Well, Happy Grasshopper is great. This is automatic email and it's just simply happygrasshopper.com spelled normally. And this is an automatic email system to your list. And this is not particularly real estate specific, which I think makes it better. It's not very generic, like maybe what your company does for you, where you look like every other Prudential agent or every other Century 21 agent out there. This, these are a combination of motivational quotes, fun, cute, two-minute two videos, uh, human interest stories, just a, a various conglomeration of fun stuff that you're sending as your method of contact to have fun and stay in communication with your past client center of influence list. Now, their starting price, last time I checked, was 500 emails uh, every 300. I'm sorry, every three weeks. 500 emails every three weeks for just $19. So it's really super cheap. And then you can upgrade from there. I think if you have more than 500 uh, on your list, it still only goes to like 35 bucks a month. So I, I think it's ridiculously cheap. And the advantage that you have here is, number one, you don't have to write the content, which is your other excuse why you don't typically uh, systematically contact people via email, like you do with some of the other systems that are out there where you've got to create it and then they deliver it. So you don't have to create the content. Secondly, you can set it and forget it. This makes it so that it's not, for example, Tim-dependent. So, Tim, if you're an agent and you're out there and you get super busy, that's your next excuse. Well, I don't contact them very regularly because I just get busy with my deals. Well, we want you to be busy with your deals. That would be the point of what you do for a living. But we don't want you to use it as an excuse to not be talking to your people. So Happy Grasshopper is kind of a very base level of automatic communication where it's not agent-dependent of you feeling like it, of you having time to do it, of you feeling like writing content or coming up with new ideas. So you can set it and forget it. And, and it's basically like they're talking to their people, Tim, without really thinking about it. But here's the caveat. When you have past clients respond to your Happy Grasshopper emails, you must call them and solidify the relationship. 
And I'll tell you, here's a great example. One of my Atlanta agents, very skeptical about this, thought they were kind of cheesy-looking emails, not what she would have done on her own. Talked her into it anyway because I know it works, and I like to set it and forget it, take the agent out of the middle, out of the problem. And on the first time that she sent Happy Grasshopper back, she got an immediate response from a past client that, guess what, she hadn't talked to in over seven years. Bad agent, okay, well, so let me drill down on this. Let me drill down but on listen, this a little bit. It was a listing she never would have gotten for a seven hundred thousand dollars house that the guy was literally about to sign with somebody else and said, "Gosh, I'm so glad that you reached out. I wasn't sure you were still in real estate anymore." So we're not big advocates as a rule of these drip systems that you guys do with buyers and sellers because no. just frankly, if you're putting them in a drip system, you already know that they're a crappy lead, so you just maybe don't even worry about them. But that aside, that's not what we're talking about. The the best Julie touched on all the great points about Happy Grasshopper, and again, we don't have a business relationship with these guys. I just like the product and the pricing is great. Um, the other thing that's cool about them is the emails get delivered and they get opened. Yeah. So if you guys have ever studied any, you know, in, some of you are um, amateur internet marketer types, or you've researched this, and you know it's very difficult to get an email delivered so it shows up in their inbox. Um, it doesn't hit spam. And, and then it's a function of, well, is the subject line catchy enough that they're actually going to open it and want to read it? And then if they actually open it, uh, what they're going to read, is it going to be something that is going to be a reflection on uh, the, you, know, you? Is it going to be something they're going to want to take action on? I mean, all these types of thoughts, right, when you're thinking about emailing. Well, Happy Grasshopper has mastered it. The emails get delivered, they get opened, they get read, they get reacted on. I get these because obviously I have a lot of coaching clients uh, that have subscribed to Happy Grasshopper, and it is rarely that I get a Happy Grasshopper email that I realize that's what it is. I almost always open it because it just is so <laughs> well written. It just is. Um, but in any event, Me too. So the deliverability is really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's and again, it, it's something that's designed to get the folks. It, and the emails are not about like you know this cheesy stuff that are typically in these newsletters. They're not about you know, recipes and time changes and have you changed your furnace filter and stuff like that. These are things that are very current, what's going on in the news today, um, and it, they feel very personal. So enough about that. Um, so far, you guys are seeing what we're doing here. We're, your first part was building a list. Choosing a CRM was the second part. And now we're asking you to also, we're going to get you, we're moving to the point where we're going to actually have you start calling these guys and emailing these guys. That's the essence of the program. And you guys will see that these things cost you virtually nothing. So uh, moving forward, please. Yes, and point number four you already covered, which was contactually. We talked about that. Point number five, and this is something that, yes, it does take some effort on the agent's part, but most of you guys actually have a lot of fun with this, and it gives you some freedom to do different things. That's what we call center of influence events, where you are expanding your center of influence on purpose not just by mistake, by happenstance, running into somebody who knows somebody. You're actually doing some events on purpose to expand your center of influence. Now, things that fall into that category, well, you've got a lot of options on this. I like with my clients, I work to build a center of influence events calendar so that you're doing at least one event, not necessarily a big event, but some kind of center of influence building event or meeting or club or something like that on a weekly basis. This makes your list grow. It causes more natural referrals. And this can be on the business end of things. BNI is a great way to do that. Uh, what is the – I just drew a blank on uh, the, the one where you are forced to do public Meet speaking. Up. Oh, um, Meet, uh, Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Toastmasters is excellent. Yeah. Most of you need practice at that anyway. Toastmasters is a great networking slash presentation cleanup type of deal for you. 
So this is on the business end of things, uh, BNI, meetup.com. You can find out what your options are. You type in your zip code and maybe a 20-mile radius and what your interests are. So it does not have to be business-oriented, like a Chamber of Commerce meeting or something like that, but that can be one category that you're working. You can build – I mean, I got somebody in Detroit, Tim. She does a book club meeting because, you know, up there they're inside most of the time, so book club makes a lot of sense for her. She, hey, we're not making fun. Of, we're not making fun of people in Detroit. We're from Ohio, nope. so we understand. That's right. We're allowed. So, uh, but and there's only like eight ladies in this club, and I think you know, if we're being honest, probably it's secretly wine tasting and books club, but that's okay. She gets tons of referrals from them because it's such a tight knit group, and they all live in different neighborhoods around where she works. So it's been a great lead source for her, and that's a pretty small uh, mini center of influence. It can be, uh, you know, I've got some of our clients do adult soccer clubs. They do different things with their kids. A lot of our clients volunteer at their kids' schools, so they're meeting other parents. So the point is to expand your center of influence on purpose, not just to meet people, but write down their information. If they hand you a business card, get their information into your database so they start getting happy grasshopper emails and they're involved with your contactually list. So actually do this on purpose. And I'll tell you what, Tim, the agents that are really, really good at this the agents who are not good at this really dislike them because this is what you know this is what causes when and I know all of you guys can relate to this everyone can say they look at a new listing you know offices sometimes write up the new listings on the board or they'll send an email out this agent took a new listing we've well, all had the experience where you go that is a gorgeous listing i wish that was my listing i wonder how that agent got that listing now I know they don't do a lot of prospecting, and it probably wasn't a for sale by owner, and I don't see it as an expired. Well, how did they get it? Absolutely through their center of influence. When you have that experience, how'd that agent get that listing? Why wasn't it me? Probably because it was their center of influence. They've been golfing with them. They've been playing bridge with them. Their kids know each other at school. They out-networked you is the answer. And, Tim, I see this most prevalently with our, uh, both our driver and analytical clients that are more on the introverted side, and they go to listing appointments sometimes. And when, I mean, they're very competitive because they do what we ask them to do. But if anybody ever gets a listing away from them, it's because it was a tighter center of influence contact. And that's why it's so important for you guys to get good at this. So you're the agent where some other agent is hearing, well, I listed with this agent because I already knew them and I already trusted them. Point so, number six. You know, pretty important stuff. So point number six. Talk to, and this is a challenge for some of you, talk to your past client center of influence list systematically. That means, again, on purpose. Now, there's an easy way to do this. Some of you don't do it because you say, my list is like a 1,000 people deep. I'm never going to get through that list. It's such a big project. Well, if we're being honest and we whittle your list down to people you actually have phone numbers for and actually want to do more business with, it's probably not that big. But whatever your number is, all you have to do is take the total number, let's say you've got a list of 500, and you divide by number of business days that you want to be using. So if you wanted to call your entire list every month, you divide it by 20 business days. Well, that's 25 contacts a day. That's probably too many if your list is 500. So I'm going to say 500 divided by 60 work days, which is a 90-day work time frame. And that's only eight contacts per day, which is pretty doable. So if you were making I – mean, look at it this way, Tim. If you're one of our agents that is listening to this radio show and you've got 500 people on your real list, you've actually done a good job polishing that, 
What do you think would happen to their business if they actually just held themselves accountable to eight contacts a day, and they called the entire list of 500 contacts every 90 days, supported by things in the background like Happy Grasshopper? What would happen to that agent's business if they just took that very seriously? Well, okay, so put that, but you know what the challenge, and Julie, you know this too, and I know it's your next mm-hmm. point, but a lot of these guys just don't know what to say. They don't know what to say, and they don't know how to say it. So they're nervous about what to say. They're nervous about how they're going to be perceived. They're nervous about all these fill-in-the-blank made-up reasons, right? And you guys, it goes back to the radio show we did yesterday. Uh, If you don't see yourself as a professional salesperson, if you feel like you're intruding on them, you know, Julie, you have a coaching client. You told me her mom actually uh, raised her, and we won't mention her name, but your mom actually raised her to believe that calling people was considered rude because you're interrupting them. Yes, and she's serious, yeah. and she's not somebody that's like 80 years old either. She's like our age, but she yeah. and her sister grew up hearing, unless somebody contacted you first, it's considered rude to call them, period. And yeah. this has stayed in her head, right? So some of you guys have various versions of that, whether they're real, made up, or instigated by your parental units at some point or what have you or maybe even a broker or somebody somewhere has messed with your mindset. It's normal and natural for you to connect to people who know, love, and trust you. That's normal. And we work a lot on this on individual coaching calls, obviously. But I have found, Tim, that the easiest way to get around this is to start with the Ford memory jogger, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. These are talking points. Everybody has a family. Most people have a job. That's occupation. Keep going. I mean, that's that's the... Yeah, I mean, that's the start of it. So that breaks the ice. Now, the reason that Ford works so well, family, occupation, recreation, dreams, is because the O stands for occupation. So, Tim, last time I spoke with you, you were working over there at ABC Company. How is it going over at ABC? Now, there's something that happens in conversation all the time, which is the conversational uh, reciprocity, I guess you would say, where I say, hey, Tim, how are you? What do you say? Yeah. Well, I'm great. How are you, you, Julie? I'm great. How are you? Right. So when I ask about your job, how's life over at ABC, nine times out of 10, they're going to say, how's real estate? That's why Ford works so well. So then that leads to the next part of the script. I've set a goal of helping three more families this month buy or sell real estate. So that's what we teach with our coaching clients. Essentially, you break the ice asking all about them, making it all about them. And then you lead into real estate's great. I'm so glad you asked. But I've set a goal, actually, this month of helping three more families buy or sell real estate. Gosh, who do you know who could use my help? Well, That's so, the Julie, script I can give them. So let's tie all these pieces together. So if you mm-hmm. use this system, what, if you follow our instructions, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to create your list. We gave you ideas on how you can do that. But you're going to put the list in one place. We gave you some suggestions on how to do that. Then we told you exactly what to do. So the bottom line is, is everyone in your centers of influence and past client list will be getting an email from you regularly, and it's not an overly solicitous email. It's something they're going to want to read. They're probably going to ask you about. They're probably going to comment about. And then the next layer to all this is we want you to call them every single um, every single month. So that's the bottom line, is that when you call all these leads every single month and you're emailing them every single month um, and you're doing this on a regular basis, the law of reciprocity is going to result in you starting to get business. Now, I don't have time, and Julie and I don't have time on this radio show to go, with, go into uh, deep dive into a lot of the scripts, 
um, as far as different things you can say to your centers of influence and past clients. But needless to say, when they've been getting these emails, when they start hearing from you on a regular basis, and when you're offering to be of service to them on a regular basis, you're going to start getting business from it. All the gimmicky things that some of you have been taught to do, they honestly don't work anymore. They did work 20 or 30 years ago. They just don't work now. Folks want to hear from you. The new secret sauce isn't the social networking. The new secret sauce is picking up the phone and actually talking to people. Why? Because all your competitors are doing the passive stuff. If you start doing the proactive stuff, that's what's going to make the difference. It does take more of your own time. It does take some effort. It does take you getting over some of the psychological things that you might have or the beliefs that you might have about doing this type of work. And, but once you do, you're going to see that folks want to send business to you. They're going to be glad you called them. They're going to be uh, eager to hear from you again. And many times they're literally going to start becoming one of your greatest sources, if not your greatest sources of, or source of consistent business. That's the mindset you have to have. So if there's anything we can be doing for you to help you get your centers of influence and past client business going to the next level, Julie, any other thoughts you have for these guys before we wrap? No, I mean, take it, take it seriously because it's a very common complaint amongst grizzled veterans. Their number one thing that they regret not being better at earlier is this very thing that we've discussed today. So now is the time to get in front of it because as you build your center of influence, this problem for you, if you're not great at this, only gets worse. So make a decision that you're going to be great at this, and you're going to reach out starting today. And what do you do now with this, all this information? Obviously, you re-listen to it. You read the notes you hopefully just took. If there's anything we can be doing for you, please go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and it will help you get your business back on track. Or in many cases, as with many of our coaching clients, we're going to help you continue your fantastic momentum that you're building this year to make this the start of the best 10 years of your life as we all enjoy this ever-increasing real estate boom. Again, if there's anything we can do for you, Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.